Rocket City Podcast, how's it going today? We have a special guest here. My friend, Sean Heflin. How's it going, buddy? That's me, man. What's going on, buddy? How are you doing well? How are you? Good. So, Sean. What's up, buddy? Today, we're going to talk about some wild stuff, some controversial things. Yeah. But, Sean, first off, let's get a little background. Where are you from, buddy? I am from Houston, Texas. Born and raised. Um, Tejas. Yes, sir. Space City. Growing up all around it. Had a fun time. Uh, Wait, they call it Space City? Yeah, it's Space City out there. Oh, so we call it Rocket City here yeah. and Space City there. Because like we build rockets there, and then, like, you know, they had the whole mission control out there. But Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> but, yeah, um, honestly, something kind of cool that's kind of a small – this is how I kind of grew up with it. My dad actually worked on the ISS for a while. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he was part of the schematics team, which is cool. Really? Yeah, part of the scheduling team, which was really cool. Uh, but, yeah, man, um, I'm from Houston. I was born and raised there. I've grown up a lot around, you know, science and space and all kinds of different sorts of things. Um, that's kind of what I'm studying now. Like, I'm going to school for astrophysics. Okay. And then my goal after I get my undergrad is to get space science in my graduate. So, like, I want to – my main objective for school is to try and determine the Earth's place in the universe. Does that make sense? Like, we have such a dimensional spot of where we are. It's so infinitesimally small that it's it's difficult to put into words how minute our I don't want to say this but our existence is, and that's why when you know the way we live our lives, the way we do things is just kind of unique. But yeah, that's kind of what I study. That's why I do what I do is I like to understand where we come from, where we're going, all this kind of different stuff. But yeah, that's a little bit a little bit about me. That's amazing, Thanks, and man. that just goal, just really really. It, it trips me up because yeah, like that, that, that is a very important factor to really understand Yeah, and how we um, interact with the world mm-hmm. and some of the topics you want to talk about today yep. and, and interacting with the world, yep. which I think a lot of people don't understand is that there's a lot of things that interact with us. Yes. Your cell phone, electromagnetic frequencies, lot. how your brain works. Yep. I mean, there's talk about the CIA being able to manipulate your brain through radio frequencies anyway. That's a little not further down the road. Yeah, yeah not, not, surprised. not surprised, honestly. So it's very controversial. I mean... So why don't you start us off? Because I'd rather go down the rabbit hole from cool man. Where All right, you built so, it. Yeah, because I'm I'm going already going down the rabbit hole. Nice, CIA, controlling right. our brain. So I'm I'm gonna probably start at the beginning. Um, typically, what I'm gonna be talking about a lot of today is frequency, harmonics, vibration, um, how we as humans interact with you know the outside world and all this kind of different stuff. Uh, but just to kind of get this started off. Uh, we, to, to make this easier, it's easier to know what we're talking about when we actually define what it is that we're talking about. So a lot of people hear the terms frequency, oscillations, harmonics, but not a bunch of people actually understand what they are. So I'm going to put it in terms that I understand. And if I understand it because I'm dumb as a bag of rocks, then I know that everybody will understand it. So like frequency that. is essentially the period how often something occurs, whether it's um, you know, when you're driving a car, your car, it has that one through 10 for your, for your, not your speedometer, but like for your engine itself of with the combustion engine, it has certain revolutions per minute. It goes from one up to, you know, eight or nine, eight or 9,000 revolutions per minute. That's a frequency. You know, it's, it's, that's just event per time. That's kind of the idea behind it is just something that's happening in a specific time frame that will, you know, repeat like kind of how, um, hang on. So... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just simply the the rate at which something occurs. Like, 
RPM, uh, revolutions per minute, uh, meters per second is velocity, like, you know, miles per hour. It, it, there's a bunch of different types of different type of frequency. And then you also have, you know, sound frequency, which is measured in hertz, uh, which, again, is a measure of time. It's it's one over the period of revolution. But uh, a lot of times on graphs, that's like the wave. Yeah, like the like sinusoidal that. wave. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. that's kind of the frequency. The frequency has to do with like, here, since I have the board, I might as well. Um, and he brought the board. Today. Yeah, I brought the Just, board. Just because to uh, uh, throw back to Joe Barry's episode, he was like, wow, that's that's the episode that you need to really. Yes, Joe Barry is a man, the myth, the legend. If you have not had a chance to check his episode out, look at his episode on Roxy Podcast. He is the the greatest and genuinely a very smart individual. So just to kind of show you what we're going on here, like you have, you have a graph here, right? So you have a long wavelength. So I'm going to have – it's going to be a multiple different type of uh, – uh, I'm going to have wavelength, which is measured in the Greek letter of lambda, and then I'm going to have V, which is frequency up here at the top. So you have your wavelength. Right. So you have your wavelength, and the longer your wavelength itself, uh, the longer your wavelength itself, uh, the bigger the frequency. Or no, smaller frequency. No, no, no. Smaller frequency. There you go. Okay. So um, as you increase your frequency, um, Frequency and wavelength are inversely proportional. So as you increase frequency, you decrease wavelength. Okay. Okay. So when you're measuring things like wavelength, um, I forgot where we started this from. I'm sorry. That happens. Sometimes. You're good, man. I like, uh, I like where this is going. Oh, yeah. Talk, talk about the definition of frequency. Um, so the higher frequency you have something, we were talking about like revolutions per minute, um, the more frequently it happens per, per right. unit time. Right. Um, and then you have wavelength, which that gets more into light and sound. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But for the most part, beginner part, frequency is just um, how often something occurs per unit time. Okay. Next is harmonics. Yeah, harmonics essentially is just the study of sound. Um, it's a lot. It has a lot to do with vibration, which vibration has a lot to do with frequency because again, those two are very interconnected. Um, the higher the frequency, the you know the bigger the vibration because frequency is measured in hertz. The bigger the hertz, the bigger the vibration, that kind of thing. Um, so there are two official definitions of the harmonics, both of which are important. Um, harmonics is the is defined as an overtone accompanying a fundamental tone at a fixed interval, produced by a vibration of a string, which we'll talk about in a little bit because we're getting a little bit of string theory, which is fire. Uh, oh my god! I know. Right, I'm. I'm gonna, we're getting into the strength thing a little bit. Strength theory a little bit, and uh, column of air, etc. And uh, an exact fraction of its length. Secondly, harmonics is described as component frequency of an oscillation or wave. So, um, an oscillation is pretty much something like, let's say, for example, if we're looking, let's just look at the same graph, right? So, with an oscillation, you have two different kind of points. Now I know this is a really rough graph and it's not it's not ideal, you but right up here at the top you have one half of a complete oscillation. Okay. Okay. Point and the then, graph more at Cody. Yeah. Um, so at the top here you have uh, one half of a complete oscillation, and then when you get back down to the to the to the trough here, that's one complete oscillation. So you've completed one full like you know depending on where you start, you can either start here. A lot of people start at the top and then just consider it from like peak to peak right there. So oscillations is essentially like when you complete a revolution of a frequency. Okay. Um, so when we're talking about oscillations, it essentially boils back down to sound and vibration and frequency and things like that. Um, 
uh, if something's oscillating, that just means it's moving back and forth in a pattern. Like that's that's essentially what it means. It's okay. just like um, it's moving back and forth in the patterns yeah. like that in an oscillating yeah. state and and frequency. It's like a sine wave, like how you yeah. s- how you see it goes like that. It's just whenever it completes its full thing, that's one oscillation. Um, there's also resonance, which is sound resonance, which is defined as when one object vibrating at the same natural frequency of a second object forces that second object into vibrational motion. So let's say, for example, I'm not gonna, but let's say I were to shake the table hard enough, the table, if I could manipulate the table enough to vibrate it quickly, the whole entire structure of the table itself would start to vibrate. Like the, the table itself, the molecular structure of the table would, would just begin to you know, slightly, ever so slightly, just move back and forth. So it, if you have a resonance, you have enough force onto something to make it vibrate. Okay. Um, when we talk about the principles, it can get really deep, so we'll just start from the beginning and work our way out. So this is the part where I told you earlier it's going to kind of blow mine a tiny bit. So first things first, I might skip this and come back to this. Actually. I'm realist. I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Sorry. it a circle. I'm going to make it a circle. Okay. So first things first, as humans, we have a intense connection to light. Um, it starts with the sun. The sun is our main primary source of light, heat, energy. Right. Um, there is, I think the, oh crap, I just learned about this. Um, the sun provides like 10 to, or one times 10 to the Don't worry about the nine details. joules, something of energy per square meter. So if you were to able to, if you were able to capture uh, enough of the sun, like, like literally one square meter, like one meter by one meter square, you'd be able to power your entire house for an entire year. Um, one meter? Yeah, just one wow. square meter. One meter one by meter. one meter. But the downside and the only thing that prevents us from being able to do that is... No blow up. <laughs> well, not that. Um, this is the atmosphere. Like with the atmosphere itself, it gets cloudy. Um, the light gets scattered from the sun. So we're never, we're never really going to be able to efficiently capture all of the sun's constant that we can actually capture on earth. Uh, but a lot of times if we have solar panels and things like that, a lot of times solar panels, the issue with solar, they're not very efficient. Like they do what they're supposed to. They convert sunlight into heat, which stores in as battery, which can create electricity, things like that. But they're not as effective as they could be. Right now, about the best solar panels that we have are about 40% effective. Um, when realistically, in 100% effectivity, we could get like 1,300 kilowatts. I, it's like I said, my details are a little off, but it's You're okay. Good. Uh, but yeah, if we were able to capture the 100% efficiency of the sun, you could power all of your everything you have for the entire year for one for one year. And I think that's. And they only capture 40% of that. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where the technology isn't quite there yet. Yeah. We're st- I mean, solar panels are not new. They've yeah. been around for a while, but they're still infant in their in their you know evolution because they haven't you know there has not been a bunch of significant progress made in the in the solar panel. So area. for my uh, senior project, interesting enough, just a little story. Mm-hmm. I actually pitched uh, Corning Inc. in Wilmington, North Carolina, nice to try to install solar panels, and I had to do a whole. Uh, a presentation on uh, nice. how horrible our normal energy sources are yeah. for the environment and everything and mm-hmm. what they're contributing to, to the mm-hmm. environment, which, you know, which we'll get into I, that too. Yeah. I and I was, I presented to like a panel of engineers yeah. and it was, it was like my first time ever presenting in front of people. Yeah. Uh, that high, that high status. And it was mm-hmm. very interesting, but they, they didn't go for it because it, especially this was like five, six years ago now yeah. where 
solar panels are definitely way less efficient than they are even now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. So the, the, the return on investment was horrible. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely horrible. And they weren't going to do it, even though they had so much building space mm-hmm. to put solar panels on top. Yeah. So a lot of like a lot of the issues that happen today are sti- are strictly strictly typically strictly and typically like um, economic. Yeah. Economic in the sense that when we use resources, we don't really have a way to re- like recycle them. Yeah. We don't have a way. They're not renewable like coal, fossil fuels, which oil um, isn't necessarily a renewable resource because essentially what fossil fuels are, if you take something and you let it die, and you put it in the ground, and you let it stay there for about a million years, it will eventually turn into crude oil. Like, the yeah. people that were buried in ancient Egypt, ancient Samaria, that's, you know, 30,000 years at most. I think that's still quite a bit high estimate. But a lot of times, it takes a very, very long time for the bones and all that kind of stuff of the of the, de- of the decay to break right. down enough to where you can use it as a fuel. So... The issue with that is that they're not renewable, and honestly, they're the the pure output of CO2 and a lot of the greenhouse gases that are in the atmosphere, you know, CO2, surprisingly, water vapor. Water vapor is a greenhouse gas. Not many people realize it's greenhouse gas, and water vapor itself contributes. Water vapor? Yeah, water vapor is a greenhouse gas. Now, it's not toxic. It's not toxic to people, but it is a greenhouse gas. Okay. Um, and a lot of things that people don't realize is that water vapor in the atmosphere is super, super huge in the, um, like if keeping the temperature regulated of the planet, pretty much like the more water vapor you have in the atmosphere, the higher temperature is going to be, uh, which is wild because, you know, if you think about it, you have the sun's rays coming down to the earth, they hit the earth, they bounce off. Um, they get caught by greenhouse gases, which heat them up. And as you heat them up, you have steam, which gets hotter, all that kind of stuff. So eventually you will have more water vapor in the air, more temperature. It's just – it's a gradual increase. Um, but it's – water vapor is a big, big, big component of of um, temperature is pretty much. I didn't even know that. So I heard too like 400,000 years ago – this is like controversial uh, climate change history presented by conservative-sided mm-hmm. uh, politics. Mm-hmm. But about 400,000 years ago, um, the Sahara Desert was like – covered in grass yeah and you, there was like goat farmers and shit yeah and so like um that aspect was that the earth did warm up uh-huh. and there was i guess more it sounds like there's more water vapor because mm-hmm. it warmed up and so the sea levels decreased and there's more water in the atmosphere as it is yeah and so it was warmer mm-hmm. and there are certain as there are certain areas of uh the earth that now that are now deserts mm-hmm. were actually populated oh, yeah. with life because when you think about it like so but 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 does that mean you know now we're we're talking about how horrible it is with carbon and like it, is it so bad that the earth is increasing in temperature only 6000 years ago the sahara desert was tropical 6000 wow. see there you go oh well when you think about it because <laughs> uh, to answer your direct question the main pro yeah uh, the main problem that I feel like um, the Earth itself faces today is CO2 levels. And the reason being is because CO2 is a very difficult gas to get rid of. It's okay. a very difficult gas to um, to scrub. So when you have it trapped in the atmosphere, it's going to naturally create a stronger greenhouse gas. Like Venus, Venus has the strongest greenhouse gas effect in our solar system. And that's why its temperatures are through 
freaking root. Yeah, it's the hottest planet. Yeah, yeah. it's hotter than Mercury, which is closer to the sun. Yeah, because of the of the greenhouse gas effect. Mercury so, also doesn't really have an atmosphere. Yeah, it has general, your, it's but. it's it's closer in relation to the moon. Right. Yeah, with with some geographical activity, but right. still. Yeah, and that's so interesting. Um, I think Venus, you know, Venus is like the sister Earth of Earth because it's like about the same size. But then, I don't, I don't think Earth can get like Venus though. Like at the end of the day, it, the greenhouse gases increase. I think Venus is a different, has a whole different breed, uh, depending on what. The reason um, that Venus is the way it is is because it has so so much higher volcanic activity. Right, right. Like there's plumes constantly right. being put into the atmosphere. So in theory it could happen yeah. if we had the volcanic activity level of Venus, but it's not something that's that we'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would you want to steer this conversation more towards uh, back to frequencies? Yeah, that's that? what I was about to come back. Oh, to. sorry, so, I'm no, not. Yeah, 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 my yeah. Bad. Um, so, <laughs> essentially, um, the sun is the sun is our main source of light, a main source of energy, more main source of heat, and we have a very interpersonal relationship with not just our sun, but stars in general. Okay. So, at the beginning of the universe, when the Big Bang happened. There were not many elements in the universe except for hydrogen, hydrogen, helium, and a little bit of lithium. It was predominantly hydrogen gas, helium gas, things like that. So when what happens is hydrogen gas, even if it's still a gas, it still is matter. Okay, So there's dust particles, gas particles, all that kind of stuff. Eventually, due to gravity, because gravity kind of always wants to make things come together, um, eventually due to gravity, those particles are going to start to come together. Okay, and at a certain point, at the more it starts to accrue matter, the more heavy it's going to get. And due to the um, conservation of angular momentum, once it gets enough matter, it's going to start spinning. And eventually, once it spins for long enough, because this is I actually have this written down. Uh, once it once it spins for long enough and gets hot enough, it will create what's called a protostar. A protostar essentially is this little baby star. It's not classified enough yet to be a star because a star is classified as something that can create nuclear fusion uh, but really uh, yeah I didn't know that. yeah a star it, it's classified when the core of the star can undergo nuclear fusion that's when it's classified as a star um so you have protostars and around the protostar um uh hey dylan would you mind could you potentially like bring up an image of the protostar just so i can kind of like just yeah. just type a protostar that way it will make a little more sense yeah um there yeah. Um, so a protostar, it's a it's a mass. It's a pretty large mass because it still is becoming a star. It's not the typical mass that you would expect a star to be, but it is a mass. And around it, it's kind of got like a flat accretion disk, okay, which is like that. So in the middle of that is your protostar, and then around the outside of it, you have your accretion disk of dust, um, rock, all kinds of different. Well, rock. We'll talk about rock in a minute. But like you have dust and gas and all kinds of different stuff. Eventually. When that star gets hot enough, it will undergo nuclear fusion. When it undergoes nuclear fusion, it will have a significantly big blast, and it will send that material that's around it scattered out to wow. as far as it will go. Now, this ties back into us because that sa the same principle happened with our star. Now, what ends up happening is that when that gas gets sent far enough away from the star, depending on how far away distance-wise it gets, um, you can either, you know, it can freeze and become water, um, it can become ice, things like that. 
but for the most part, that's how planets are formed because it, once it sends the matter far enough away, eventually that matter is going to start finding friends and it's going to start getting back together. It's going to start clumping back together and it will create, you know, your first few stars, your planets or not stars. I'm sorry. It will, it will create your first few planets. So where this idea comes from is that when stars are born and nuclear fusion, what it is, excuse me, sorry about that. What nuclear fusion is, essentially is taking hydrogen atoms and pretty much smashing them together at a really, really high velocity to create heavier elements, which helium, right, nitrogen, right. oxygen, carbon, iron. things like that. Yeah, Iron, too, yeah. Iron's a big one. Yeah. Uh, iron is more in the supernova. It's at the, towards the oh, tail end. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, that, too. Um, so that plays a really, really big part because when you start to create those heavier elements inside the core of the star, there is a life cycle for everything. There's a life cycle for humans. There's a life cycle for planets. There's a life cycle for stars. There's everything. It's just the circle of life. Things will be born. Things will die. It's just the way it is. It'd be like that. So <laughs> I love that the circle <laughs> of life and everything has one. Yeah. Everything every, has one. There's, I don't think a lot of people really think about that. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, there every it. single thing out there mm -hmm. has a circle of life. Carpe diem. It's going to start and end at some point. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, at the end of the day, when it gradually starts to make more and more heavy elements, so it goes from hydrogen to helium, into what's next, boron, and then to um, carbon, silicon. It will eventually start to make heavy and heavier elements as it starts yeah. to react more with the elements that are inside of there. Because once it, it's a complicated process. But once all the atoms smash together, it kind of creates a new element because you'll have protons and neutrons anyway still um so when a star dies it goes does one of two things it typically goes supernova um but it will either turn into what's called a neutrino star or a black hole um uh, depending on the size and the mass of the star now um the smaller smaller mass stars will typically go neutrino star because uh they're not quite dense enough to create a black hole uh, neutrino is just a type of particle uh, neutrons. I'm sorry, not a neutrino. I'm sorry, not a neutrino for any scientists yeah, that's watching. A neutron star. <laughs> a neutron star. I, neutron I was about to say, wait, neutrino yep. is like yep. uh, that's a certain neutrino type of particle, Neutrino is a different type right? of particle. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. A different type of particle. Neutron star. My apologies to all the science fans out there. So it will create a neutron star uh, or a black hole depending on, again, the size and the mass of the star. So, But during supernova, it kind of explodes and it, it sends everything that it's created inside of the core out into the to the outer part of the atmosphere or not atmosphere i'm sorry outer part of the universe eventually those particles will find more friends they will start to yeah like that so supernova that's you know the remnants of the Save that image too, Dylan. yeah there you go um so when when stars go supernova they send everything that they've created out into the, the universe in all sorts of different directions eventually those particles will find friends they will find more matter they will find things to accrete again they will find ways to actually come back together and create more stars and when that happens, you now have stars that have heavier elements inside of them. And when, with our star predominantly, we have things like iron, nickel, carbon, nitrogen, all those kind of things. So what ends up happening is that when those, so due to the first law of thermodynamics, energy cannot be created or destroyed. However, it can be transferred. So it can be transferred from like, so let's say, for example, I'm holding my marker up here, right? It has potential energy, gravitational potential energy, energy, and then if I drop it, it has kinetic energy. And then at a certain point, just different example, if I have my hands here like this, if it changed from a different wait, 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 potential energy yeah. to kinetic energy. Yeah. So there was a different type of energy there first. Yes. So interesting. At here, it has 100% potential, 0% kinetic. 
100% kinetic, 0% potential, and then at the bottom, again, 100% potential. Just saying Rocket State Podcast, that's very uh, important to note. Keep going. So with that in mind, when energy transforms, it can go in different ways. There's a whole bunch of different types of energy. You have thermal radiation. You have electromagnetic radiation. You have um, again, gravitational potential energy, kinetic, all sorts of different types of energy. And when those things occur, what ends up happening is that when you have those heavier elements around the planets or in, in the planets such as Earth, what ends up happening is that it kind of builds those building blocks for life, right? Yeah. Um, what's really cool, I learned this this past semester, is that uh, a, a very, very large component of nitrogen is uh, contributed to lightning in the atmosphere. So when the Earth was really, really young, lightning was there was so there's more nitrogen in the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 When, yeah when there's the, like seventy percent. So there's more more lightning. And, and yeah. Things. So when the Earth was really young, like super super young Earth, um, it was very very violent, super like kind of a living hell. You had volcano, yeah. uh, intense volcanic activity, just magma storms, everywhere. Magma. It was lightning. Literally hell. a nightmare. You would not want to be there. It's just one of those things where it, that's just what it is. And eventually at a certain point, their electrical charges in the atmosphere started to pick up and lightning started to strike the ground. Well, when it did, there's a component of nitrogen oh, – sorry. There's a component of lightning that carries nitrogen that struck the ground, which is a very big component of having nitrogen in our earth, which is, again, a major building block to our life because, again, our, the, the air that we breathe is 78% nitrogen. So we don't we don't just breathe pure oxygen because we would be loopy all the time. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so um, with all that in mind, I know there was a really long convoluted way. Yeah, of I just want, I just want to uh, tell the audience that Sean Heflin, when you talk to him, he is the most down to earth guy, and you would never know he knows all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm just I just want to conclude that you just summed up how you're summing up how life comes from stars. Yeah. Well, our particles and how we come from stars and mm-hmm. how from the start of the Big Bang. Yeah. And that explosion after explosion after explosion yep. of supernovas yep. and it creating new elements because yep. the start of the uh, Big Bang, you know, it's hydrogen mm-hmm. and helium, correct? Yep. yep. And from hydrogen and helium, we got all the other elements out there. Mm-hmm. So we come from stars. Yes. And that's basically what you summed up. And I loved how you did it because I don't think I could ever have memorized all that. <laughs> and I loved how you did that. And you just don't come off as that type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you are impressing me, sir. Thank you. Thank as you. The, the Sean Heflin who I know and how passionate you are about Thank the subject. You. Anyway, keep going. We're so talking about lightning. You you summed it up, man. Uh, honestly, that's, that's where I was going is that we are made from the remnants of dead stars. We are – our physical bodies are made up of the – the atoms of stars that existed billions of years before us. Also, right. slight fun fact: I don't know if you guys saw this recently. It's really, really cool. Uh, I think it was. I think it was either this week or last week. Very, very recently, um, Hubble recently saw the furthest galaxy clusters that we've ever seen. I've heard about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They see. They saw the galaxy clusters from when the Earth, or not Earth. I'm sorry, from when the universe was 680 million years old. Keep in mind the 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 age of the universe is fourteen point seven billion years old, so we're looking back fourteen point one billion years, which is awesome to me because technically you're time traveling, which is rad. Uh, But um, yeah, a lot of it has to do with like the magnification of Hubble, which is really cool. But I want I want to throw some controversial evidence in there. Hopefully, this doesn't take off your uh, subject where you're at. 
They just found a star. Appar- uh, apparently, they just found a star that might be older than the universe. Hmm. Than the Big Bang Theory. Really? So the Big Bang Theory might be disproven. It's not necessarily true. Okay. I don't know too much about the article. Dylan could pull it up. But they think that in the star in, in its solar system mm-hmm. has like the remnants. Like it has very little. It doesn't have as many elements as most other solar yeah. systems. That's how they f- found out. They're like, oh, well, this, this star has not as many of the elements as the other ones. And they're like, holy cow, it might be older than the Big Bang. And Dylan's yep. just pulling it up right now. Yeah. Um, Hubble. That was from the 2018, but there was something recently, like last week. Oh, there's something recently. Yeah. Well, this one, this might be the star that I'm talking about. That might yeah. be older than. Uh, oh, the Big okay. Bang. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. Which, which, which I'm not claiming that there's the Big Bang I- theory is disproven that because if there's a star older than the Big Bang, that doesn't necessarily mean it di- so disproves the Big Bang. I'm going right? to. I promise you. Okay. I promise you. you promise in this me? talk. Okay. We're going to talk about Big Bang and how I don't necessarily believe in it. I believe in what? I believe in Big Bang. Oh my gosh! But there is a principle behind it that it's more important. I'm going to talk about that next. I'm going to finish this up first, and then right, we're going to talk right, about that. All next. right, go go. Okay. <laughs> so the reason I bring that up, the reason I talk about the stars and how interconnected we are to light, is because as we exist, you and I, uh-huh. and Dylan over there, as we exist, <laughs> <laughs> as, as we exist, you control, as we exist, we have two bodies. Okay. We have our physical body, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, silicon, whatever. And then we have what's called a light body, which is inside of us, which is often referred to as the soul. We have, um, you know, it's, it's typically just energy. Now, this also, this idea can help explain the, uh, the human consciousness pretty much because there's not very much that separates us between animals. Like when you think about animals in, in, right. the, in, the, in the wild – you have cheetahs, you have giraffes, and whatever. You have all sorts of different kind of stuff. But what separates us between us and them, their primary instinct is eat, survive, breed, die. Cool? Okay. Whereas we as human beings – oh, wow, that is it. Look at there. Look at that. Okay. Is so a metal poor subgiant star about 200? Wow. Away from the Earth constellation. So the star's name is HD one four zero two eight three. Yeah. So wow, the, they're saying that's the star that's older than Big Bang. Is there anything else on it? Can you look down and go go yeah, down? I'm sure there is, but yeah, yeah that was you, recent. That was like October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, when I saw I saw it come up in my feed, I was like, oh my god, there might be a star that's older than Big Bang. That's sincerely wild. That also, might help your theory. That actually very well might. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so also, uh, I think Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice might be going supernova soon. Beetlejuice might be going supernova. I think so because it's been getting super dim. Talking about because wow. they've been talking about how dim Beetlejuice has been getting over the past few months. Um, but back to what I was indicating here. Uh-huh. So we are so interconnected with light because technically we are made of light. We are made, like I said, we have we are literally bags of meat that are encompassed by a human consciousness. The difference between us and animals, we have the ability to ask how, why, what, what is this, where are we from, what am I, who am I? Whereas, again, animals eat, sur- uh, breed, survive. So with that in mind, we have different principles that come with us. We have survival instincts. We have energy pools inside of us that go from the base of our spine all the way up to the crown of our head. I'm not going to get in too deep into that because that's not necessarily yeah. something that you know, super important, but yeah. just know that like you have your survival instincts, then you have like, um, 
sexual energy instincts, then you have like your ego, then your heart, your throat, which is intuition, then you have your third eye, and then you have the crown of your head. Third eye. Yeah. So third eye is like um, Print, psychic uh, powers and okay. yeah, it has to do with it and things like that. But still, um, prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, that, that that seems more scientific. Yeah. So what's really cool is that in our brain, in the direct center center, like where I'm, po- I can't point to it because I can't point to the center center. But in the center center of our brain, like center of mass, center of gravity, there is a specific gland called the pineal gland, which a lot of people have uh, overlooked, and science has not really paid much attention to it. But this is kind of the idea behind human consciousness, and um, it's the pineal gland itself kind of helps you t- tap into your human nature and um, who you are, kind of that kind of thing. But so, with all that being said in mind, with all that in mind, our human bodies are just vessels for our light bodies, which is who are who our true self. Um, this is you know goes back into divine source, which goes into consciousness and all this kind of stuff, but. Um, would you say this topic is very controversial too? Ah, uh, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize this, and this is what I understand from yeah. it. In my my separation from the church, in yeah. a way, because I understood this. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, there's a lot of there's a lot of frequencies and energy being yes. played out, where energy is neither created nor destroyed. Yeah. And we don't, and, and science has yet to uncover everything of the brain. And so they don't understand how the energy really plays into that. And yeah. we're going to discover more along the way. And yeah. the, the way you're describing it is great, I think, for what's helping me yeah. in my journey almost mm-hmm. understand how we function with the world. And I think a lot of people don't understand this because energy is underplayed. Mm-hmm. Energy is neither Sincerely. created nor destroyed. Yes. When you die, the energy in your body goes into the ground. Mm-hmm. That energy is transferred. That can prove... An existence of some form of heaven in a way. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just transferred into the ground, which, but that if you really look at it at a beautiful scale, mm-hmm. transferred into the ground, the ground grows trees. A, uh, you know, a bird comes and eats the berries off those, mm-hmm. or, or eats part of that tree, or a monkey eats a banana off that tree. Mm-hmm. That energy is then put into that body. Mm-hmm. Then they have kids. Yep. The monkey has kids. I, I'm not rolling with the monkey and the ape. <laughs> And then that monkey plays with, you know, yeah. and that energy is just, yeah. it's always flowing. Right. But if you think about it in this crazy ways where it's just always flowing mm-hmm. through everything, and that is so beautiful. Right. And you don't even understand that. You don't even think about that exactly. day to day. That's the thing is that I've, so, I've noticed that a lot of people don't really take the time to just stop and be with themselves. Like a lot of people, you know, it, it's hard. I recognize it's, I openly yeah. admit it's very hard to it's just very hard. to stop and say, okay, I want to spend some time with me. I want to understand who I am. Cause you're, you know, you've got bills and kids and all sorts of different responsibilities yeah. to take care of. So, um, but a big part of what this is, is that the light source from inside of us, it, it, so there's a, there's a really interesting thing. So, um, if you had to put a, what's the most common phrase you hear people say when they're on their deathbed, like going to death? Um, what do they say they see? What do you say? Oh, what they see? Yeah. They see. Going into like. They the see the light. light. The light. The light. Right? The light. Go. Yeah. So a lot I of times. at the same time. <laughs> so a lot of times when people say, oh, I see a white light, I'm going, you know, I'm going into the light. That's kind of the idea behind divine, like, intervention, not intervention. Well, I guess intervention, yeah. Like, divine um, existence, really. Because 
it's it's a piece of all of us. Everything that no matter what you may think, every not what you were saying, like no matter how small of a scale you may think it be, everything is connected. Everything is connected to each other in some sort of way. Um, we have relations to trees. We have relations right. to the human DNA shares like corresponds with the banana. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so everything is connected in a way that when you think about it, the light source that we emanate from comes from that. So this all ties back into frequency because a lot of times human interaction with frequency goes right under the table. People don't understand like how much the outside world completely influences you because people think like, oh, I just kind of need like, it's just me experiencing these. Like, no, there's, there's more, at, there's more at hand here. Like, yeah, you might think it's you, but I promise you it's not. Cause like, um, different colors, color to the eyes, um, has different wavelengths. So like you have the visible spectrum, which goes from, you know, red, yellow or red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet to UV. And then back here you have, uh, IR and infrared, things like that. Um, the different wavelengths of color, uh, like I said, frequency and inverse frequency and wavelength are inversely proportional. So the higher the frequency, the lower the wavelength, the higher the wavelength, the lower the frequency. Right. So you have red light, red light, which has a super, super long wavelength, super low frequency. It's much easier to our eyes to comprehend and it's much easier, um, different colors put you in different moods. Things like red can be like anger and love and, um, hunger a lot of times you don't recognize it but a lot of times like there you go uh, this was from earlier this is the pineal gland but there you go sorry we didn't see that don't my bad yeah, I didn't yeah, see that <laughs> um, a lot of times uh fast food restaurants will 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 try to advertise to you with the colors because like mcdonald's red and yellow you have typically a lot of red orange yeah. type of colors and snapchat uses yellow for uh marketing purposes mm -hmm. Apparently, yellow is a really good color for that. Yeah, yellow is a lot of self-esteem. Yellow can help. A, Interesting. Yeah, it can help boost a lot of self. Like um, that, this it's in the whole technology, the whole technology scale. Think about um, that. Colors manipulate you, and you have no idea. You 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 don't even think about that on a daily basis. I know when a girl wears red, that usually means like yes, love, and I don't know if you want more yes, of that cigar. Uh -huh. We're smoking a cigar, rum flavored. It's delicious, but um colors man really do a lot to you and we don't even realize that your shirt by the way has so many colors yeah. on it yeah right so this is uh i got this shirt at a music festival i went to a little while back and uh, uh i'm not gonna answer that right now <laughs> uh, so this this shirt goes back to like i said this is just something that i personally enjoy because i like the colors in it but like um yeah like you have different colors that do different things to you which gets into um technology things like that yeah because no matter where you go blue light is everywhere um, blue light is blue very light. blue is very significant i think a lot of people love blue the color blue mm -hmm. and it, it represents life in a, in a way because like you know the sky is blue but that's because of our oceans to our, no uh, to the, our knowledge the I blue might be wrong. light is technically the reason our sky is blue is due to the scattering of light emitted from the right, sun because right, right, the okay. sun's light is emitted white and then uh, our atmosphere scatters a lot of the red light so okay. we don't see that's why we have uh, red sunrises and sunsets because makes sense it's it's less scattered at that point yeah. but um yeah so blue light itself is very influential in human day-to-day -day life because no matter where you go it's always going to be there whether it's sunlight um now in our society that we live in now tv screens phone screens yeah. tablets 
um, anything that you interact with throughout monitors, anything you interact with throughout the day is emitting blue light at a specific frequency. Right. Now, here's the deal. I know like 4K television emits like yellow light and stuff like which that. Which is probably, which is, which is a lot better for you. But uh, um, <laughs> it is a lot better for us. Oh, yeah. Yellow. Um, let's go yellow. All right. Because that's anyway. why. Um, hey, t- forget that, though. Go back to what you were just talking about. <laughs> um, our <laughs> eyes are actually really, really bad at blocking blue light. So when you're looking at a TV or a phone, look, our phone is, is the, probably, I'd say, the biggest, um, excuse me, the biggest uh, component because we use our phones. All the all time. The yeah. time. So as you you know, as you're on your phone so much, that does a lot of damage to your eyes because our eyes are not designed to block a lot of blue light. Like we we have natural blue light, things like the, the atmosphere and you know, um I guess that's really honestly I don't know of many other natural cases of blue because like you have man made cases of blue, but like there's no blue raspberry is fake. It doesn't exist. <laughs> what blue raspberry? Blue oh, raspberry that does not okay. exist. Okay, what, raspberries what? exist, but what about blue the raspberry ocean? does the not. Ocean. The ocean is technically clear. Uh, That's it true. It appears That's to be true. blue because of the reflected the light refle- from that. Okay, atmosphere. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, blueberries. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Yes, what about, blueberries. What about the blue and like you know your background right now? So actually, fun fact: um, what you're looking at behind me, this this space image, a lot of times will be uh, composite pictures of multiple different types of telescopes. So you have Hubble telescope, which is looking at the optical frequency, uh, optical wavelength of light. Then you have Spitzer, which looks at I think UV or IR. It looks at you're a different right. frequency of uh, of light. And then you have other telescopes that. Let's just say, for example, you have a telescope looking at UV, IR, and optical, respectively. At a certain point, they're all going to take an image of the same piece of sky. And once they all take that same image, they will slap them together, yeah. and they will get the colors that you see behind me. So technically, it's not real. It it exists. You can see it. Right, 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 right. But I if you were there before. in person, it would just appear to be black with the stars. Like, you would see the light emitted from the stars, but you would not see the colors behind you because okay. that's just you, – your eyes can't see IR. You Do can't you know see that UV. nebula? By chance? Now off the top of your head. No, it's not Eagle, is it? I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly. We'd have to look it back up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, you say Eagle? Yeah, Eagle Nebula. Eagle Nebula is like uh, the Pillars of Creation, like the the big like like the majestic. Jesus image. Christ, Sean! You you know so much more than I thought. Your <laughs> IQ must be like fucking off the charts. Don't 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 flatter. I'm literally a, a bag of rocks. I just <laughs> <laughs> I have to read books. Um, have you have you ever have you ever took an IT, IQ test? Mm-mm. You should you should do it. They're just check it out. IQ they, test does not. They test are your IQ. okay. I I see your point there. So so they only go so far, right? But like it, it it's good to know yourself a little. Mm-hmm. And I think you you mm-hmm. I I did not realize how much you know. And Thank I think I think you should I think you should take an IQ test just to see. I I, I took one just to see how I was, and yeah. then um, but for, with you, it, 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 you got a point though because it doesn't measure like. Emotional intelligence, stuff yeah, like that. There's, anyway, there's back to frequency. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We were talking about uh, – yeah, okay. So um, to kind of get back into it, um, so I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about – so the things that go up your, your inner spine are called chakras, okay? Now, this is just – this is kind of – Chakras? Yeah, chakras. This chakras, is East, this, this, yeah, this is Eastern philosophy. Yeah, Eastern philosophy, like Eastern religion. I'm not going to say I subscribe or don't subscribe. I'm not saying that, that <laughs> I, I do or don't. But yeah. I'm just giving you information of what it is. Okay. okay. 
I appreciate um, that. Yeah, of course. Because uh, you combine. I love how you're combining all of it. You're combining all of it, which <laughs> I love. Anyway, so at the base of our spine, we have our root, which is our physical security. It's the color red. Security is anger, red, violence. Blah, blah, blah. So you have red. Next is orange, which is your uh, everybody in planet Earth. I imagine that since this is controversial, people will know what's going on happening in here. Orange is your sexual energy. It's how you permit or how you um, project your energy onto people. Yellow is your ego. It's your personality, who you are, and then it kind of separates. Orange or not orange? I'm sorry. Green is your heart. Um, so green is your heart. Green is your I heart. I think a lot of people think red is your heart. But yeah, it's green. you would imagine so, but like. Red has a lot of uh, connotations to it. If you were to sit in a room for a while with just red light, uh, your brain would just kind of naturally progress to different type of ideas. Well, red curtains are different. You can you can differentiate between white light bouncing off of red curtains and just pure red light. <laughs> but yeah, green is your green is your heart. Blue. You switch to that. <laughs> blue is your is your throat. It's kind of like your truth, like you speak the truth. And then your third eye is like kind of pink purple and then the crown of your head which is conveniently the crown chakra um is violet purple that kind of thing which is your connection to who you are as a person okay now all this ties back in together because it kind of creates what's called the toroidal field around you um which i'm going to write that down because that gets into uh, magnetic energy holy cow yeah. man you are <laughs> Uh, I, I told you. This. I this told you I was coming, man. Freaking amazing! <laughs> I love this. So you're connecting uh, it all. And yeah, I, man. So I think a lot have, of us can vibe with this. I hope so. I really do, because this is stuff that this is I personally enjoy. So as long as you know, just just take it with a grain of salt. Do your own research, but like, um, so we have a toroidal energy field, which kind of like, yeah. So that's that's the system oh, right there. That's right. I've it's, seen I've seen that picture before. Yeah, actually, so it starts at the base of your spine and kind of goes up the body. Um, some people will argue that there's more than seven. Some people say that there's 13. The one I, the one that's easiest for me to understand is seven because I'm again dumb. So, um, <laughs> no, you're not. I just, this is the easiest for me to pick out. Uh, like it even says there basic trust, security, creativity, um, power, love, communication, awareness, all that kind of stuff. Don't click on that one so we can read all. Those. And the, the, the bottom, there you go. That one right there. So wisdom. So wisdom right here would be your your solar plexus right here in the middle, right right in your gut. Like you ever get like a gut feeling like, ah, this this isn't right. It's intuition, wisdom, things like that. Okay, that makes sense. So your toroidal energy field. So do you know what the magnetic energy field of the earth looks like? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, but like it it, it it's really effective in protecting us from yes, it more is radiation. Dylan, would you do me a huge favor, please? Would you pull out the magnetic energy field of the earth, please? Thank you. Um, so there's going to be a lot of images in this. Yeah. Episode. It's going to make sense. It's going to make more sense. Once you see it, I'll kind of tie back, tie them both back together. Um, but the magnetic energy field of the earth is very similar to the toroidal energy field of humans. It's shaped the same way. Um, shaped the same way. It's shaped the same way. What? Mm-hmm. That, 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 you got to understand if it's shaped the same way as the magnetic field of the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's insane. The thing about it is that so that's look that one right there with the that one right there below it that one right there that's what the magnetic that's what the magnetic energy field of the earth looks like the toroidal energy field of humans looks almost exactly the same as that um except again it's coming out of our head and kind of circling in through our spine it kind of does a whole cycle thing um so with that in mind 
Tori energy. Uh, we got. Yeah. Got. Okay. So they they flow very similarly. Every like I said, everything is. Oh, that's what I was gonna go with. Okay. So in mathematics, in nature, there's what's called the Fibonacci sequence. Um, essentially, I, I this is something that I have heard of and I'm familiar with it, but I'm not too sure of the details and i'm okay. terribly sorry that's fine because again it, this one's a little bit more complex i think it's like 1.6 times the area of the previous shape um yeah so when you look at the image really quick of it it'll make more sense like yeah um so it's just a series of numbers okay i found out by adding the previous two so what's going to happen I've is seen that, that before yeah yeah, yeah, What's yeah. that about? So Fibonacci sequence is 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 everywhere in nature. You see it in things like seashells. Is this you the golden it, rule? Yeah, it's the golden yeah, rule. Okay, it's the golden it's the rule. Goal. Um, the Fibonacci sequence mm -hmm. is the golden rule. It's All the right. same thing. Yeah, they're the exact the same thing. Um, so you have seashells, you have flowers, you have fit or not fish, but like um, crustaceans. Like uh, oh, I said seashells. I'm sorry. But yeah, there's there's multiple different types of examples of the Fibonacci sequence, and all this kind of ties back into divine creation, which kind of ties back again to us being sources of light. All of this has to do with just frequency and vibration, because again, the, each of the different colors of the spectrum can help you deal with different things that you're you know encountering in your life. If you need a boost of security, put yourself in some red light. If you need a boost of confidence, get out in the sun. You know, there's there is there's a lot of different things, but the main part about it is how human in, humans interact with color, how we interact um, with different types of vibrations, uh, frequencies, all kind of different things. Because again, this kind of ties into things like music. Um, music, all every kind of music, no matter what you listen to, no matter what it is, vibrates at a very specific frequency. Now, each individual song, I'm not going to break it down because I have no idea what every individual song vib vibrates at. But there are certain songs that are called binaural beats. They okay. they resonate at a very specific frequency. frequency things like three hundred forty four hertz. Yeah. There you, <laughs> oh my god. There you go. There's a Milky Way right there. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. So but like, is that the is that the frequency in the Milky Way? That is a Fibonacci sequence. Hole in the Milky Way. Yeah. The Milky oh. Way. Just wait. I'm gonna blow your mind a little bit. You're more. about to. You're about to kill me, dude. I'm about to blow your mind a can little I, more. Can I go back one sec? Before yeah. What's up? Here, go ahead. You, you, yes. You I'm sorry. Don't nicotine. let me. Don't let me interrupt. No, 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 no. You, you keep on that thought. Keep that nicotine on you. So, one thing to jump back where you said like, okay, when you go out and walk around, it builds up your confidence because uh -huh. you're in Mother Nature. Uh -huh. That's very big because uh, guess what? Bill Gates does an hour of walking a day. If the richest, one of the richest man in the world does an hour walking a day, I just want to say that's significant. That's very significant in a pattern of living a very good life. Mm -hmm. So then you have that's all just sorts of different vibrations at that point. Right, mm -hmm. right. So that that's very important to Get think about. Get out of nature, man. Connect man, back I, with who I've you been, with. Yeah, and that I will say when I was living in the woods, uh, it, it was a previous job. I was in the Conservation Corps living in the woods mm -hmm. uh, for about four months contract I had. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will say... Without the dopamine effect of having your cell phone and uh -huh. a lot of oh, other things, dude. oh my god, dopamine! Dopamine blocks you so much of so many things. I will say I was happier at that point in my life than yeah. I am now, and that was only like two, three years ago. Because you remove yourself from the need. Because a lot of times the addiction to technology is when you post something on Instagram, you get a like, right? It's another hit of dopamine, and then you get more likes and more likes and more likes. You're addicted to your phone, but here's the deal. Remember, your phone is emitting blue light, so it's actively destroying you. 
because you're addicted to the thing that's making you happy that is actively hurting you because your eyes are not designed for that type of frequency of they light. They say it's the equivalent of doing crack cocaine and all the hor- worst drugs ever. Dopamine and is more addictive than cocaine. That is insane. So is sugar, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sugar, sugar <laughs> is also more addicting than cocaine, which is hilarious. And that's a, that. That's just a message to uh, yeah. stay off your phones even more. A little yeah. bit, a little bit at yeah. least. See, here's God. the thing: phones and technology are amazing tools, but don't let them swallow you because they will, and it's not their fault. I mean, it is. It's the people who establish them there and people who put them in place, but still, at the point. Also, he pulled up a really cool image. That I think is that a seashell. That's okay. a seashell. Yeah, so that's a seashell. With the Fibonacci. Mm-hmm. Am I saying it right? Fibonacci. Yeah, Fibonacci. Fibonacci sequence. So what this ties back rule. into is that everything in nature, or most things in nature, you can tie back to this kind of sequence. And if something even really cool is um, uh, ancient Greek like architecture, like uh, the, pan- the, the Parthenon. The Parthenon is designed with the Fibonacci sequence. Art, um, Da Vinci was super – like all of the classic Renaissance art – was so everybody back then was so mathematically inclined there's a reason why that art is still prevalent today like there's so many artists that just you're seeing the greeks like like the parthenax yeah the parthenon was parthenon sorry yeah, the parthenon, the parthenon was designed mathematically wow i, did, I have found at? a um rocks that have the Fibonacci sequence Damn, going on the back side of them. That's awesome, dude. Look at all that. of these. Oh all of my these. It's all Fibonacci. God. But yeah, man, like art, music, because even that, music is math. Like the what makes really good music, Bach, Beethoven. Like, yeah, it, it, it might be a little boring in today's standards, but when you listen to it, like it just it it hits at a certain frequency because mathematically it's designed to do that. I think the point too is that if there's a pattern recognized here mm-hmm. in any way in nature and science, recognizing a pattern, yeah, that means it's significant. Yeah, that they, I, I would. This is so so mind blowing to me because I think a lot of people just walk around in life and they don't realize they don't understand they don't they really don't they don't realize the patterns in life, and the patterns prove so much. It, it it can prove to you a creator. Mm-hmm. It can prove to you that there's something else to look forward to mm-hmm. in the afterlife. Yep. It could prove to you so many things. It's a spiritual aspect. Yes. And you know what's wild is that now I'm gonna get into I'm gonna get into something that you were. I'm gonna, um, oh, now I'm gonna get into something that I feel like you you probably been waiting on. Oh, I'm gonna God. get into I'm gonna get into Big Bang. Oh, Big Bang. Okay. So personally. I feel like Big Bang is half the equation. What I personally believe in is called Big Bounce. Now, I'm going to draw it for you because this is important. We're coining this right now. The Big Bounce. The Big Bounce Theory. The Big Bounce Theory by Sean Heflin. It's not by me. I did not coin this theory. This theory existed before I did. I just happened to subscribe to it. Okay. Okay. I don't want to take credit because it's not my theory to claim. Hang on, let me let me do this a little bit better. Let me draw some better. Sorry. Make yeah, sure yeah, when yeah. you do hold up the whiteboard, you're gonna hold it at Cody. If you hold it right at the camera, it'll the the light will pick it up and there'll be a big glare. Okay. So I'll hold it cool. at Cody. Yeah. Okay. Hold it at me. Okay. Let me do it this way because I, have, back to I have a little more room this way. Okay. okay. So we gotta go that way. You're. Uh, I think you're showing up, Joe. A little. Just saying. I love you, Joe. <laughs> but all right. <laughs> all right. So what's gonna happen? All right. Insert so I'm gonna point this at Cody. All right. So 
you have Big Bang here. Okay, it expands outward. The universe, the universe expands outward until a certain point, until it crunches back down on itself. Because again, the universe is expanding at an accelerating rate. So there's only so much you can expand before you start to overpower gravity. And at a certain point, once you reach that point, it's like velocity. When you throw something in the air, when you throw something in the air and just it, at a very instantaneous spot, its velocity will be zero. So at a certain point, the universe of the velocity's acceleration, um, yeah. Will, will stop. It will be zero. And then eventually gravity will start to come back and it'll start to win. So it'll start to come, it'll start to contract back on itself. Okay. And then what's going to happen is that as it reaches a point of singularity, it'll expand back out and do the same thing over and over and over and over. But here's the cool thing. Let me show you some more. Let me show you something else. Let me show you and something th more. that's the sign of infinity. Yes. Yes, it is. But let me show you something that else. That kills me. <laughs> let, me let me show you one more thing. Oh my God. That's, that's important. That's a very important I idea. I kind of wish I went down the path of being an engineer to learn more physics like you, but I don't know if I could understand okay. this. In this the is a very, very crude drawing. But I, I think I've seen this. What does this remind you? DNA. Yeah? DNA. Definitely the, the, the double, double helix. helix. Yeah. So... Here's my philosophy. Here's my personal show, philosophy. Show, yes. show again towards the camera, towards me. Here is my personal philosophy. Okay. Okay. The bounce theory. Yes, big bounce theory. Big bounce theory. When you think about the scale of the universe and how big everything actually is and corresponding to how infinitesimally small we are in relation to it, when you think about it, this DNA, this, this big bounce theory resembles DNA and double helix almost completely. It kind of explains things like deja vu, like, oh, hey, I've seen this before. There's a reason for that, because you may have. The Big Bounce Theory indicates that things are cyclical. The universe is cyclical. Everything that either is or was will always be. It's kind of the idea behind divine creation. Now, here's the cool part. This is just our universe. Okay. Now, I also subscribe to the multiverse theory, indicating that there are an infinite amount of universes. So if you have an infinite, or not an infinite, but a, a significantly large amount of double helix, you can create a person. So my idea behind this is that our universe might be the DNA strands of our, DNA, of our divine creator. Oh, you just killed me. <laughs> and you just we killed me. You totally just killed me. And we Whoa. are a part of the atomic structure part of creating that and 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 who who created these theories like the the other physicist figured this uh, out beforehand big bounce theory is just it is just a theory i mean again w there's no way of us ever knowing because that well i say that um what's really cool i'm gonna talk about this in a second let me write this down so i don't remember it um so i'm gonna talk about the Any, anything in science is proven through certain patterns and mathematics and so, the fact that a lot of the basis of all these theories seem to be proven by mathematics there you go. Um, I'm not quite sure. What is this? What is this image about? Sumerian D. Yeah, Sumeria. Sumeria, who apparently a lot of people don't know, which I wish they taught in world history. Oh yeah, uh, I have Sumerian history here. Too. Oh God, you do, Jesus. If you want to talk about Sumerians, I can talk about. That's it. them oh. drawing that that shape right there in yeah. the middle. Yeah. Back. Oh whoa, they yeah. are drawing the double helix kind of deal. Okay, I'm 6, glad you pulled years that up. Ago. Six thousand years ago. So. Ancient Sumeria, for a lot of you that don't know, um, I think a lot of people uh, push this Overlook. path. Overlook. Overlook. They actually talked about in a lot of their tablets and a lot of their ancient scripture that they were put here by other beings mm -hmm. to mine for gold. Yep. 
in a lot a lot of their uh scriptures which we you just saw um that's a double helix or mm-hmm. what you just saw and uh, some other uh images that you can look into are that they even predicted that there was eight nine planets yeah where there's there's oh, these yeah. little dots around mm-hmm. like they it, it, that that goes to ancient civilizations possibly knowing more than we thought they did and that they had possibly even more advanced technology super controversial this whole episode so a lot of what a lot a lot of what i believe ancient samaria the reason that i feel like yeah there you go that exact thing right there that's it that's about Boom. nibiru planet 9 that kind of thing yeah planet um, 9 uh a lot of what i believe about samaria is that personally 100% personally i think that if we did not have the distractions that we have today, social media, um, reality TV shows, like um, <laughs> just just pure garbage. Literally, our brains are being filled with. Gu- if we didn't have that, that's why I don't watch Netflix, do video games anymore, video yeah, okay. games anymore. Anyway. So we eventually could be back in an intellectual level compared to the Sumerians because the Sumerians knew things so much. They were able to predict astronomical events down to a very precise T. Um, a lot of times when people say like, oh, hey, because we had, you had the Sumerians, then you had like the Egyptians, then you had the Aztecs, then you had all these civilizations come up, and then you had the Dark Ages. Uh, also, the burning, the, the burning of the Library of Alexandria was a worldwide travesty. Oh, shout out to the Library of Alexandria. Um, yeah, I, I hate that because they, I mean, they even talked about that. It's possible that the Bible passed through that, which is mm-hmm. even the, the the burning happened. I can't remember. We we mentioned the it last was episode. from Nero. Yeah, I think Nero was responsible because he burned Rome. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it just killed so much of what we probably yeah. knew. And God, I mean, people are talking about even like the one mathematician inventing steam engines. Yeah, and that's like two thousand, three thousand years ago. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so controversial of a, of a topic. However, it's brought up. It's like. Oh my God! Like uh, that could have happened. It makes sense, though. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What are you bring up? Yeah, forty-eight BC. Forty-eight BC. The wow. Burning Caesar. Of no wonder he got stabbed. Caesar. Times. Caesar burned it. No wonder he got stabbed. I didn't know that. Wait, didn't yeah. he? How many times did he get stabbed? Look that up. Twenty-seven. Oh, okay, I was twenty-seven say, times because respectively. For, because uh, what the forty? Uh, the me. Well, he died on the forty forty something of March. Forty something. The Ides of March. Oh. I don't know. And I was like 48 BC, 40 something in March, whatever. But um anyway. Wow. This is yeah, man. this episode's going nuts. Yeah, man. Also, um so there was I don't know if you saw this, um uh, but the Nobel Physics Prize that was won in 2019 um had to do with the cosmic microwave background. Um essentially and that, that's the, that's is that the um image of the universe as we know it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, cosmic, yeah, 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 yeah. The whole the whole image that we know it, which here pull that up because that's important. Yes. Um so the 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 physics prize was gifted to three scientists. I'm gonna I, I don't know their names and I'm terribly sorry. I wanna give them credit. I don't know their names. Um I look into it, there's three of them. Uh but they they won the Nobel Physics Prize because they proved that fluctuations in the cosmic microwave back background pretty much proved or is strongly I don't want to say believed um, there's strong evidence to prove that the universe was born 
um, that's just to boil it down. The fluctuations, the fluctuations in the cosmic microwave background actively prove that the universe was born at a certain point. Now, that essentially you would imagine it to be logical because nothing can come from something and you can't – like I said, the first law of thermodynamics, you can't make energy, you can't make matter, things like that. Yeah. So obviously something has to be born. But the fact that they were able to prove that the universe was born is insane. They were able to do it mathematically. I don't know how. I, these, these is, this is above my head because, like I said, that's I'm, above your head. That's above my. Head. I have no idea how. I have. Okay. That's just. That's that's wild, madman physics. Thirteen point seven billion years ago. Fourteen point seven. Fourteen. Sorry. 14. That's a whole billion years, but. <laughs> Dang! I got a billion years off. Yeah, man. I thought it was thirteen point seven. Fourteen. Anyway, fourteen point seven. Yeah, um, dang! And they proved it. Yeah. So they they proved the Big Bang, or at least at least the start of. So yeah. So the Big much. Bang the Big Bang theory has a lot to it, right? Yeah. And so they at least fourteen point seven billion years ago, uh-huh. the universe was the yeah. universe began. Yes. Hang on, let me look at my notes because we, I actually had a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a lot more than that. Um, is there a part Whoa. of that talking about? <laughs> What? Talking about the strands, of the DNA of our divine creator in, mul- in the multiverse theory. Of Do Big we Bang? know any more of that? Of Big Bang? or Of Big Bang and the double helix and stuff like so that. So that's just my personal theory. That's not okay. something that's been researched. That's something that I would personally like to research. Um, that's something that I personally subscribe to because of the amount of intellectual thought I've put into it. Yeah. Because, again, in order for a lot of these to align, you have to believe in certain things first. Like I believe in big bounce theory which makes me realize and think DNA strands, double helix of divine creator. Because when you think about the scale of the universe and how big everything actually is, it would make sense. Because everything that either is or always or will be, is it just is. That's just, that's what reality is. It's everything that always will be, it ever was. It's just how it boils down. So, yeah, sure. Um, I want to ask you a question. What's up, buddy? What? Do you believe in a creator of some sort? Absolutely. Um, the reason being, there is too much mathematical accuracy for life to not have been actively created. When you look at things like the Fibonacci sequence, when you look at things like our place in the universe, when you look at things like um, the odds, we have the the percentage chance for life to happen. One in 400 trillion. One in octillion. <laughs> what? One Whoa. in octillion. And life in general? Because life I heard, uh, so they, I know they proved the math of it to being a human being. It's one in 400 trillion, which I recently just sent this to a friend of mine mm-hmm. because they were feeling down about life. I'm like, look, man, you are one in 400 trillion yep. chance of being born. You're telling me it's one in o- octillion. Octillion. Oh. Because when you think about it, a lot of things have to be right. You have to have the right nitrogen percentage. You have to have the right oxygen percentage. You have to have the right pressure. We are always physically under pressure. We don't notice it because it's, it's normal. It's life, our normal real. life. Yeah. But we are constantly under 14.6 PSI, always, no matter right. what, unless you undergo some sort of external different type of pressure, things like um, when you go up in an, in an airplane or in a closed atmosphere, things like that. Right. Your pressure increases because as the air gets less dense, um, the pressure starts to increase on the cabin, things like that. Because right. you have you're trying to neutralize the difference between. Um, because unless you're like a fighter pilot, you're not typically trained for that type of low density atmosphere breathing. Um, but 
more often than not, we are always experiencing 14.6 PSI at, at if you no matter what you're doing, unless you're sitting still, uh, or sorry, even sitting still, sitting still, experiencing 14.6 like you and I right now, we don't right. notice it, right? Because you know that's just we have we have grown accustomed to it. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you go into outer space, you know your blood would boil, your eye eyes mm-hmm. would pop out of your head, stuff like that. If if you're just exposed to, you know outer space yeah and you you would freeze instantly burn instantly all at the same time suck yeah so like um 14.7 psi which is very specific yes i mean you just hit it right ahead on the nail and that's why i believe in that there is a creator even though i diverge from the religious aspect yeah because science can prove the creator a you can backward engineer all of it see here's there's math already there yeah exactly there, it's just it's just there for like the reason I like science and the reason I like physics specifically is because it's the science of observation. You, as an individual, can go outside and look at things and see things and determine what you're looking at. You can break it down. You can run experiments. You can do different things to figure out what this reality actually is. There is, um, I think it was Ricky Gervais. I think something there was a there was a there was a video a long time ago that said. If you if let's say tomorrow just randomly nuclear detonation nuclear war all of the civilizations on the earth destroyed except for you know a couple thousand people eventually at a certain point life will start to come back life will start to regrow life will you know be into team again and what's going to happen is that you're going to have people religions are going to be completely different stories you're going to have no there'll be no let's say all bibles get wiped off all Quran, all Torah, all holy books get wiped away. The stories will come back completely different. They're going to be like, oh, an alien came from the sky and he landed on the earth and he said, here, here's some crap for it. But the difference is between that and science, science can be proven to a certain degree because there's no such thing as proof. There's just a lot of really strong theories that we can't deny. Right. Like um, when it gets to a certain point, it's like, oh, hey, there's no such thing as 100% like um, – this is what it is. It's just something that's like, oh, hey, yeah, this is – we have recognized it to be the way that it is, and we haven't found anything to disprove it yet, so this is what we're going to believe. Like Einstein's theory of relativity, it's like, hey, we this is what we have understood it to be. Um, we're not going to challenge it right this minute. This is what we accept it to be. Now, some, some somebody down the line might come, come along and disprove you know, theories of relativity. They might disprove other type of theories, um, but – there's no really such thing as just like pure hard soil, undeniable evidence because you can always argue that something can be disproven. Right. That, um, that was Ricky Gervais. And, yeah. And you didn't say the part where if where if everything was destroyed, uh-huh. if everything was destroyed. Yeah. We would have the science books. They would; those would be the ones that were always recreated. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the idea. Is yeah. that in a certain amount of right. time, right. science books sense. will? Because again. Physics and science is is observation. It's purely you go and as human beings before we even have the opportunities to say what are we, who are we, we explore. We are explorers. That's the thing. That's why we have explored the Earth. We have explored the oceans. We have explored space. So when it comes to things like that, also I'm gonna get into that soon. Let me get into that soon. Let me get into frequency harmonics. Yeah. yeah. So I I think a good point. Dang it! I had it. I had it. I'm sorry. Frequency it? harmonics space. Explorers. Uh, back, back, back. A little before that. Um, <laughs> I forgot it. Forget if it's it. important, to come back to you. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> um, Keep going. Okay, so if I if I need to stop, just be like, hey, 
time. And I'll, I'll no, just keep going. Um, so I love this. This is golden. <laughs> golden this is sequence. the golden sequence, the golden <laughs> rule right here in this podcast right now. We are mm-hmm. translating to you. This is this is something I always wanted to connect. Yeah, all man. the physics, the science, yeah. and all that. Oh, my. Oh, oh, oh. I've, I've remembered. Okay. So, also with that, if another civilization, like uh, another alien species, uh-huh. wanted to figure out science and they, they developed as much as we or uh-huh. even more than us, they would have a different language yes. combined to it, but they would also figure out the same type of mathematical formulas yep. because it's already freaking there. Yep. All energy is now created, destroyed, yep. everything. The yep. Fibonacci sequence. The laws of nature, the laws of physics are the same for every individual. Yep. Um, also, yeah. could you do me a favor, Dylan? Would you would you mind pulling up an image of something called the flower of life for me, please? The so, flower of life. The flower of life. What is so, the flower of life? So, uh, diving back into math, because essentially physics is what it is, and math is a language to understand the physics around us. That's why people struggle with math, because it's literally like learning a new language. That makes like, sense. Um, so, what I want to show you is this right here. So... The flower of life comes from the seed of life, okay? Now, ideally, and it's it's theorized, this again is not proven, but it's theorized that every single shape you can ever imagine comes from that shape right there. Every single piece of matter comes from that. The seed of life comes from the what? tree of life. Yeah, that's the flower of life, which essentially kind of makes life bloom. You have the, the seed of life, the tree of life, the flower of life. Um, all of that dies back into esotericism, which it, again kind of ties back to divine creation. Is it, is it science? It's math. It's, it's actually math. math. That's Jesus math. Jesus Christ. Um, and what's really cool is that that specific thing. What is that? Does that remind you of anything specifically? Oh man, it's not. It's not coming. Think. Up uh, think. Think biology. Cells. Yeah, remind you of a oh cell, right? My. God, that looks just like a cell. So uh, cells together. Oh, cells all. Oh my God, what even? Math is so interesting. Yeah. I wish I wish I died more into math and understood it better because my God. So here's the deal. Um, there is a very strong connection between biology, astronomy, and math. The mathematics that's strongly resembles. What else does it resemble? Does it doesn't really anything? Think astronomy. Just the shape, just the basic shape. Stars, and stars, the galaxy, galaxies, yeah, planets, yeah. So Jesus Christ, all of those kind of tie back into each other. And here's something else I'm gonna blow your mind with. Okay, Dylan, would you do me one more favor, please? Will you pull up a picture of? Uh, I'm gonna call it dark matter, uh, dark energy web, dark energy web, dark, dark energy, energy web. web. Yeah, the okay. web of dark energy. Yes. Um. So, as we exist in our everyday reality. Out of the entirety of the universe, the entirety of the universe, only 4% of it is matter. Right. 4%. I'm going to get into that very shortly. That That's perfect. That's Thank you very we're looking much. We're at a web. Yes. Okay. So 4%. That's, that's matter. What we're that is dark matter. So 4% is actual tangible matter. Right. Then you have about, I think, oh, I want to say 14% is dark matter and then about 86 no that's bad math sorry um 14 14 is you could probably 18, look it up 82 percent um is that dark energy dark energy yeah okay. so that's here's the deal the, i heard that before yeah so my philosophy what i think of it as is that when you look out into space it's very dark okay everything's black now how dark energy and gravity kind of correspond with each other is gravity is tr- is space time pretty much 
It's right. the warping of space-time. You, right. you, when you have an object in space-time, it bends space-time. That's just gravity. That's the way it works. But dark matter essentially is kind of the glue that keeps everything kind of held there. Like, let's say, for example, all the dark energy was pulled away. And think of it kind of like a white floor. Everything kind of like if you had a bag of marbles, all the marbles would kind of like fall on the floor. The dark energy and dark matter, to, or like dark energy pretty much, is what keeps everything kind of where it's supposed to be. Like in a four-dimensional grid, kind of like intersects like that, where you have different objects that are suspended. Stars, planets, galaxies, super clusters, everything. But here's the cool thing. Remember how I talked earlier about the double helix and how it's the divine yeah. power of divine creation? Yeah. What does that remind you of? That reminds me of a web. Okay. Of like almost like a spider web. Okay. Um think a little bit think a little bit more anatomical. Anatomical. It looks like atoms. Your brain. Yeah, like there you neurons. Go. And so, connections like that. Yeah, of course that that makes so much sense. It looks like the neural connections of your brain, right? Yeah. Yeah, which we can we could throw an image up there of that even too, mm -hmm. where it's so like, here's oh the cool God. thing is that these neural connectors are all connected to each other itself. So when you think about it, our individual universe, it, it depends on what level of theory you subscribe to. You can either go double helix, you can go super super massive and go double helix as the DNA of the divine creator, or you can say dark energy is like the neural connectors of of the brain. Because have you ever heard of the brain and the vat philosophy? No. Okay, so... I, th I, I think I've heard of it. Explain it. Essentially, it's pretty much like you and I, no matter what, how matter, no matter how much, sorry, no matter how hard we try, we will never know if we're just brains in a vat. Because we, we very well might be brains in a vat that's being electric, electric, electrically stimulated okay. to um, have visual images to produce and make, us, make it seem so real that... We will not know if we are brains in a vat being controlled by something. So the idea behind it is that these this dark energy web might be the neural connectors, or it might feel like the neural connectors of a brain in a vat of a divine creator. If you want to subscribe to that, there's a bunch of different you can subscribe to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's there's double helix if you just want to go massive, massive big. Because at that point, you and I would be like quarks, um, which or even maybe planks, like even smaller. So. Uh, which we'll get into strength theory in a bit. But, uh, uh, well, because strength theory ties back into frequency. Because essentially, um, the components of matter, you have you have actual matter, and then as you get smaller, you have cells, then you have atoms, then you have quarks, then you have planks, then you have strings. Strings are essentially vibrating pieces of matter which kind of create pixelated images of you and I. Like, you and I are just a compilation of millions of pixels of, right. of, of, an, of, an, of an image. And that's what we are. Um, so essentially, it depends on what you believe. It depends on what you want to believe. At a certain point, I think it's really up to the individual person to kind of think like, okay, I like this personally myself. Personally, myself, I think it's awesome to go with the double helix theory. That's my personal opinion. I'm not telling you to subscribe to it. Don't subscribe. Why? Because when you think about divine creation and how – mathematically accurate and how like massive the universe is and you think oh hey i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it out there if you think of god right you think of god it's like oh it's this omnipotent all-knowing all-powerful all you know whatever but we're made in the image of him right so when you think about it why wouldn't the divine creator be so big why wouldn't they 
just be like to us what we would imagine it to be extremely massive but you never know to them they might be our size you never know. <laughs> like yeah they might yeah, be yeah, human exactly. size but yeah. um also cause ties into bubble universe theory and all that kind of stuff it, it, there's there's a lot i'm not kidding there's a bunch of different types of physics that you can subscribe to it really depends on your personal preference right um Personally, to me, this is just kind of like the craziest off-the-wall stuff to me. So I like it because I'm a crazy <laughs> off-the-wall kind of person. Yeah, you're so, you're getting so much. You're blowing my mind so much told, right what now. What did I tell you are, at the beginning are, of this? You, you, whoa, 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 what type of physicist do you want to be, bro? Because I think theoretical physics is where you're at um, <laughs> right now. Theoretical, astronomical. Um, for a job, I think like I'd rather do my own research on my own time. Um, but I think personally for me, with the job market the way it's going, um, space exploration is just too good of a market to not yeah, get into. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There's too There's much money to be made. There's too many discoveries to be made to not be in space exploration. Now, you can do – personally, I would like to be an astronomical um, optics okay. physicist Okay. Um, because Hubble – dope like <laughs> it's been up there since what 90 1990 yeah so we're overdue for a new optics telescope yeah Dude, james oh Webb. my god yeah james i wish Webb. they would just put that out there man but the thing is is that when you think about it it's so expensive of a piece of technology and the main thing that's holding them up is the unfoldable like uh, right solar panels the mirror itself is fine the mirror is fine um which cool fun fact i don't know if you guys knew this or not but Maybe. the James Webb Telescope is going to be so powerful that if it existed there, it could detect the presence of a bee on the surface of the moon. On the surface of the moon? It on the surface of the moon. So we can find the golf balls that Alan Shepard hit. If they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> if they're still there, yeah. Yeah. And what's cool is that it's going to be set at a Lagrange point. So, like, if we have the Earth here and then we have uh, a Lagrange point here, It'll kind of just stay. I'm gonna call this pointing towards me. LP. Yeah, I'm just gonna label it as LP and then point to it. Um, so if you have like, this is the Earth. So I'm gonna label it E. That's a really bad E. I'm sorry. I'm, Can I, you see I'm, that? Okay. Yeah. Let me. Let me sorry. That's no? just garbage. Point it a different way. Point it. Uh, is that better? No, it's worse. Just hold, point it towards Cody. It's just really small. Okay. okay. All right. So we have a circle and E, which is us. And then you have your Lagrange, Lagrange point. Sorry, I realized I was not talking to the, the microphone. You're good. Um, this is where James Webb's going to be. And then you have, like, the moon over here. It could detect the presence of a bee on the surface of the moon, Jeez. which is so powerful. That's insane. And the thing about it, it's so expensive that when you put it there, there's no rescue missions. Like, Hubble, you can go up there and fix it if you need to because it's, it's not – it's in lower Earth orbit. It's, like, 200 miles out. This is going to be closer to a, th a few thousand miles out of our atmosphere. So there's no going to fix it. Yeah. You, you can't go there. Can't so you do it right the first time. That way you don't have to go fix it. And in the event that everything, anything goes so that, wrong. That's why it's pushed back so much. Yes. Probably. Because you don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And I think it's actually huge. I think it's massive. It is massive. It's like massive. When, you, when they show it, it's so big. And, and it's supposed to unfold and shit. And I'm just yeah. like, whoa. And that's the part that's taking them so long is the unfolding thing. Because, uh, again, the, the mirror is fine. The mirror, well, the mirror works the way it's supposed to. But... Um, uh yeah yeah okay man all right let's see holy here. cow what, where else you want to go I, I feel oh like... let's get into actual like space flight because i haven't gotten a little bit into that so, okay space flight um so as you're probably already aware when they have when they had shuttle testing they would shake it a lot um reason yeah. being pressure testing harmonics yeah they wanted to see how Did it they would do react. harmonics that's the idea of what that's that. why they shook it that's why they shook it so much. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, that's James Webb. That thing is huge, dude. Look at that. That's massive. That's bigger than Hubble for sure. Just, oh yeah. Just just Hubble's only two point two point four meters long. 
or two point four meters wide. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's only two point four meters wide. That's not big at it's all. It's not huge. Wow. But the thing about it is, the reason that it doesn't need to be so big is because the rain. The main reason we can't see on Earth is due to our atmosphere. Right. Right. Like right, we right. have light scattering. That's why stars twinkle. Is because right. um, the light's being scattered through the atmosphere. Um, but when you're outside of the Earth's atmosphere, you have a much clearer field of view. Look at that okay. thing, dude. Look at that. Yeah, thing. that is, that is insane. What's that? Six and a half meters. Yeah. That's over three times. That's massive. Wow, that's three times as big. What as you what do you know about the hexagon uh, shape in Mother Nature? So, oh, dude, honeycombs. Uh, that's insane. Yeah, honeycombs. Um, it's freaking insane, right? Uh, flowers, seeds, pomegranate seeds. The strongest shape in Mother Nature. Yeah, but like they they have multiple mirrors so that way they can actually like get a higher res because if you have just one big mirror, it has the potential possibility to let some of the stuff slip through the cracks. Because yeah, uh, but if you have multiple mirrors like that, it can actually get you what you need to get. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, let's see. God, how how far are you through your notes, <laughs> dude? Uh, I, I have gotten a lot through my notes. There's I feel, a few I feel more. like you're definitely a theoretical physicist because, like, um, you had to. I I thought about being a theoretical physicist when I was like 12 because mm-hmm. Albert Einstein was like my biggest idol. Yeah. But when I found out how much they had to write, I'm like, nah. <laughs> Forget that research paper, man. <laughs> that research paper is insane. Yeah, and y- you're you're hitting the you know nail on the head with how much research you have yeah there's just what's next um let's see let's see here let's see what we got so what you you got um the main thing when we're talking about like harmonics with space shuttles and things like that um the main thing we're talking about with space (laughs) with space shuttles and just you're just gonna have to tell me dylan okay we're at hour 30 are you kidding me jesus okay wild why I, I I need to take a piss break. <laughs> I mean, we can always make this a two part if you need to. If if needed, you know what? Is, is that cool? With you? All right, I'm gonna take a piss break. Let's take a piss break. <laughs> Jeez, man! Holy fuck! I told you I was gonna blow your mind. I'm gonna I edit told that you. out. I want to edit the shit out of this video. Let's let's just end it. Why are, why are we taking a piss break? We should just make it a two parter. Two part. All right, whatever. Do it. Me do it. Here, here, here. Record me and I'll say, all right, that's we're, we're going to make this a two-parter. Record, record both of us. Okay. All right, all right, we're just going to make this two-parted because um, this is going on quite a quite a bit. And, uh, I still have a minds. lot more to talk about. This this man has a lot more to talk about, and a I lot. love it. Oh, my God. This is <laughs> great. Uh, so we're going to uh, take a quick break because we need to, and we're already at hour 30, and it's, it's beautiful. And uh, stay tuned. Cool. Peace.